Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to the Games Love podcast. Today we have the very special guest, Peter Torebko. Make sure you like, comment and subscribe. It's going to be a good one. name that's been discussed constantly by me and Jaron. like uh, we're following a lot of your events it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast and so uh, yeah what how's life been for you in quarantine over there are you in germany at the moment yes thanks for um letting me join your podcast um so yes i'm in germany i'm preparing for the next tournaments um actually there's the next tournament in two weeks um oh, wow. i have the German uh, Tennis Federation uh, has organized a series of tournaments um, in a round-robin system. Uh, eight eight, um, eight uh, groups are playing, um, and yeah, mo- most of the best players of, uh, in Germany are, are competing in in it. Yeah, it's interesting because Germany seems to be one of the quickest nations to sort of come back on their feet with all of this. So you've seen recently a lot of exhibition tournaments. I see the guys are like Hampfman and you've got Dustin Brown playing in different tournaments as well. So it's good that tennis is finally getting back. I've been trying to watch a bit of it because it's just nice to see a bit of tennis again back on the screens. But how are you feeling in yourself? Are you you ready to play tennis again or...? Yeah, so um, a few weeks um, ago, it was very tough for me because there was no no motivation for me because I, I didn't really know when the next tournaments uh, are going to start again. So um, just practicing in order to be fit maybe in two months or three months, was um, it was really tough. So now as we have a date where the next tournaments uh, are going to, to be held, um, helped a lot for me uh, or for, for my motivation to to start working again and to um, focus on my uh, on my game definitely i saw in uh, was the last uh, tournament you were playing was in turkey wasn't it and was this cancelled uh, you had a quarter final match against cervantes 
Yes, so I I won the match, the second round match against Ilhan, the Turkish player who was also top hundred once. And um, yes, I was very satisfied with my performance and thought I was in a good shape. Very, yeah. <laughs> and, and then suddenly they said, um, in the evening, every all the players got uh, got emails from the ITF and the ATP that all the tournaments are cancelled. So. Um, yeah, so everybody had to book flights and come back, come back home as quick as possible because I think uh, two days later the borders got uh, closed or um, yes, they closed the borders, so it wasn't uh, possible to to come back to Germany again. Um, wow. So uh, luckily we still uh, got the last one of the last flights from Turkey back home, and it was okay. Wow. But, but off tennis altogether, what have you been up to recently? You've been bored or? Um, no, because there were <laughs> a couple of things to do, actually, because my, um, first of all, my friend called me, man, I want to build a terrace in my new house. Wow. You want to and I said, yes, why not? I've never built a terrace before in my life, but I said, yes, I'm a quick learner. I can do it. <laughs> so I, I helped him with it. And as my parents got to know that the terrace um, looked pretty uh, fancy, uh, after a few days, they said, wouldn't you mind building us a terrace as well? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, with my new skills, I tried to build a terrace at, at my parents' place. And so I, uh, I ordered all the, uh, all the stuff that I needed, all the material, and Yes, I did it. Of course, not perfectly, but um, yeah. Nice work, man. Are we expecting to see uh, after tennis? There's going to be uh, Peter Terebko's terracing firm, which is <laughs> coming out afterwards. Maybe. Yeah, that's what my friend said. They said, "Yeah, we're also <laughs> building a house. What? When are you opening your firm?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, perfect." <laughs> Well, there you go. You've got some more advertising here on the podcast. There'll probably be some other calls coming in from around Europe now. Uh, who knows? More, more no, and apart from that, I was also, I'm, I'm finishing my university. I'm studying economics and now I'm uh, just before my um, bachelor thesis. Oh, so wow. I need to finish that. And, yeah. and then I'm ready to go wherever it, it takes. I don't know. That's brilliant. I mean, we were nice. just speaking to Michael Gertz on our last podcast and he was saying a similar sort of thing he's just coming to the mm. end of his uh yeah qualification as well so then it's just what lies ahead after that but you will have a good basis to go forward then as, at least so yeah i think it's really important to have that alongside the tennis obviously because something was going to always stay with you and um i feel like now like you're studying economics is such a big wide area in a time like this there's so much to learn in the world of economics and um i'm sure there's probably a lot of people writing their thesis on the the economic impacts of coronavirus, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm actually writing my thesis about digit digitization uh, okay. in yeah. in sales, or how do you call that? Yes. Uh, yeah. um, luckily, not in English, as you see that my <laughs> English is not perfect. But um, no, I'm of course I'm very interested in this field as well because uh, tennis of course is was the biggest part of my life but uh, there's more than just tennis so the question now what happens after after the career let's say and uh, nobody knows if you really want to st stick with it if you want to become a coach or uh, uh, a tour with somebody with with some players 
Um, I don't know, or just start something completely new. There, there are examples for both. Yeah. You're giving yourself uh, the options, which is the main thing. So I think that's the, the key. So yeah, well done, well done to you for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, is it possible? Yeah, if we uh, turn away and look back at some uh, some of your career and look at some of the results and bits and pieces. I was looking back through your career and look that there's been some good runs in your career. Uh, Back in 2012, you had like a storming run back in the UK where you took, I think it was a, two tournaments in two weeks in the UK in uh, Birmingham and Bath. And then you took another one, I think later you've taken in Newcastle as well, in which you beat Carl Edmund, which... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, what well, well, great... Oh, you're so humble, you almost forgot. Okay. <laughs> almost. <laughs> <laughs> what a great statistic. Is there something about the UK and playing in the UK that you like? Um, actually, I really like, and I guess you're from the UK, and I wasn't sure about it because, um, yeah, I wasn't, I, yeah, I wasn't sure. I thought maybe from the states or wherever, uh, wherever, wherever. So I thought, um, and now when I heard you speaking, I thought, <laughs> ah, you sound like, um, yeah, like British, British English. It was, it's the British English. So, um, yeah, I, no, we're was, both British. We both work in London. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's where the accent so from. I, yeah, so I'm very. Um, I've never made really bad experience with British people, and I really like them. It's a, a very um, a good chemistry between uh, me and the British or, and the Brits. Let's say yeah. I have <laughs> some friends who live who live there. I don't know if if I'm talking if I'm making too many mistakes, but. Um, no, you're fine. Sense. Your English is quite good, man. Honestly, yeah. you're more confident with it. You're, you're smashing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. And no, so every time I'm in in Britain, I'm very um, con not, yeah, confident also, and just happy uh, to to be around people that are mostly honest. I don't have a feeling that I have to that they are they want to um, cheat cheat on me or they want to. Um, rip me off, something like that. Yeah. So <laughs> I think this is the main the reason why I really uh, I'm, I'm repeating really I think too many times. I'm just realizing that <laughs> it's fine. I'm just repeating <laughs> words. Unbelievable. No, it's anyway, funny you say so, that because not all the tennis players agree with you on that. Then we had um, who did we have on last week? Biabian Shoops, and she was saying that uh, the British umpires are some of the yeah. most biased. I read that. Yes, in your in, yeah. So what did she say? It, it, oh, she was saying the worst The worst umpires. The worst umpires. Said that they were too old, I think, and they, they couldn't ah, see. Because okay. when you're playing in ITFs, they have to call the line calls themselves, and they're yeah. getting a lot of them wrong. And she said, yeah, that in England, it's been the worst out of all of the countries <laughs> she's played in. <laughs> so... What can we say? Uh, we're we're I sorry. Really, <laughs> I, I, I cannot really agree. The good thing about Britain uh, or the British tournaments is that um, I guess the LTA has enough money to, um, uh, to how do you call that, um, to, 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 to organize, to organize yeah. linesmen in those yeah. tournaments. So even the lower tournaments, the ITFs, um, you're mostly playing with with at least one lines linesman, yeah. and on the far sideline, which helps a lot, especially on hard court and uh, indoors. So um, yeah. 
of course, if you only have to cover one line, it's it sh it should be fine. Of course, if you're serving with uh, 200 kil kilometers an hour, it's tough to to call the the bolts perfectly. But but still, um, I have of course there are always bad calls, but I think it's everywhere everywhere the same. Uh, I don't really yeah. agree on this statement, but everybody <laughs> makes different experiences. <laughs> Mate, I think there's always room for error. It's a very difficult job yeah. to do. It's not an easy job to do, for sure. But um, I know you're saying that you love in, love in England, but in more recent years, for me, looking at watching some of your games and stuff, a lot of it has been clay courts. You're very yeah. good on the clay courts, loving the clay courts. You just seem to be able to move much more freely on it. Um, is, that, is that your favourite surface? Yeah, so... Um, it was funny that the, my first tournament I won was on carpet, yeah. which is fast and usually the ball is bouncing low, lower. And also the German championships that I won with under 18 um, was also on carpet. So I beat, for example, Gojovcik. I, I don't know if you have heard about him, but he's, okay. um, I think, also almost top 100. Um, okay. So there, there were some good players playing and I, I came up pretty late because I was um, I wasn't good in, in the early early age um, so yes those early victories on fast-track surfaces maybe they were also um, uh, due, due to my surf I don't know if this is correct but yeah. um, anyway yes my surf helps helped me a lot on those faster surfaces but um, other than that I really like grinding it out <laughs> Um, and sliding on the clay, uh, playing drop shots, trying yeah. to figure out a way uh, with high balls, with low balls, with slice, uh, to play the, the opponent out instead of just um, just hitting it hard and you know without without a hat or without a, um, a strategy. I'm more like yeah. a strategic player, if you can say that. I'm a hundred percent. I'm glad you said it because that's exactly what I've recognised in your in your game. There's so much grit and determination when you're on court. And I feel like you just thrive off the clay in terms of like there's you, you, I typically a lot more rallies. Um, those and, drop uh, shots. Those drop drops, shots. He's got oh, the drop shots on lock as well. I, I, I was watching some of your matches and I just thought it must be an absolute nightmare to play against you. One second you're right at the back of the court, the next second you're just doing these tiny little drop. You're playing drop shots from the bla like near the baseline as well, <laughs> like crazy like shots, but they're just landing just over, and you're catching people out with like these fake fake shots. But yeah, yeah. Now re um, recently I was practicing with a with a good player. Uh, I think it was um, Mo Ryan, and um, mm. I think his coach, uh, his his uncle, he was on the court, and I played this drop shot. Um, but moving backwards, so um, no, wow. the opponent wasn't expecting it, obviously. But um, so he said it, it went, I think, into the net, and I and he said it was the wrong shot anyway. And mm. a few minutes later, I played this exact same shot, and it went over, and it was a point because <laughs> the other one. And I said, yeah, I know it. it it's it, maybe it's the wrong shot, but I love it because the other one isn't expecting it, uh, and sometimes it works. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's got sort of the shades of, well, I'd say Kyrgios is probably copying you with a few of these things rather than the other way around. I think that you've been on the tour a lot longer than what he has. But yeah, he does a lot of the similar things, like go, pretending to go for a big shot and then just dropping these little shots over the net, which are, yeah, it's a really hard you another skill. player I really like to see do it is Gianetti. Yeah. Gianetti's very yeah. good at it. He's got a very good, uh, a lot of shot <laughs> versatility as well. Yeah, very oh. good. I think Kyrgios is very 
um, he's, I think he's very talented. So he has so many options. And yeah. this, this was also the same, what, what everybody said about Roger, that he had a certain time where he didn't know which uh, shot, shot, shot he should play um, because he had so many in mind and he could also um, ex execute all of them. So um, sometimes your first choice is the best. You just have to do it. Um, or your first idea is the best. Um, but uh, yeah, some players, they just can do one thing and you know it's going to happen, but still it's too good because it's just it's the, the, the way... The, yeah. and distance yeah. is too far to run or whatever yeah for sure yeah, something I actually wanted to ask you and it's, I sort of already know the answer to my question now because <laughs> I can just see the way you're talking and the way you are a very calm laid back person when you're on court a lot of your games I've noticed there's like a lot of um, high pressure situations obviously it's tennis in general but there's a lot of times where you're saving match points and big crucial moments <laughs> turning points <laughs> it's just extremely exciting I just want to know like mentally how do you actually how do you do that man yeah, the game's never so lost with you ever, is it? <laughs> that's true. And I also, I, I think this is also the reason why I made many enemies <laughs> from those uh, betting company, uh, betting uh, society or how you ever want to call that. Yeah. Because so many times I'm leading and I'm almost, I'm almost uh, winning the match and suddenly everything is turning around um, and also the other way around. Um, and one funny story was last year I played against uh, Albert Ramos, the the Spanish guy. Okay. Um, it was a challenger. He was second seed. He was, I think, maybe not in a good shape. But I think two weeks later he won ATP event at 250 and played the final. I think it was somewhere in Austria, Kitzbühel. I don't know. But anyway, um, so I played him and I was up six six four five one, serving for the match at five. At 5-4, of course, um, I had a match point. I had a smash almost a meter behind the net. Um, I didn't make it. I hit it full power in the net. I lose 5-5, five, 5-6, five, 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 the second set. Uh. And I, I was like, oh, my God, of course, I'm going to lose now. So I make the longest set break I've ever done. And I thought maybe it helps to <laughs> come back. And it didn't really help. So it was five. I was 5-1 down. In the third set, uh. Uh, and suddenly I turn it around again, and it, I win seven five. Yeah. So <laughs> it's an emotional roller coaster. There's the reason I ask you because I've seen it happen so many times, and it just—I just always find it very fascinating to see, like in your mind, in these situations, like what's going on in your head. <laughs> it was so in this match. Actually, it was funny because, of course, as a player, you feel the moments where, oh, now I'm gonna lose. You know, this where you don't feel confident anymore. Um, of course, the surf can help you, but if you're too tight, then also the surf is not going in. So, yeah, so. Um, in the third set, when you're with a back against your with, uh, with your back against the wall, you are um, you have nothing to lose. You just hit it. You you get loose again, and the opponent gets the feeling. Oh, now I need <laughs> to win this match. No, I'm up five one, and I was down five one, and now something is done. And also, what helps a lot is the support from. From the um, from the side of the court, so fans. Uh, fans. In this moment, I was not traveling with the coach, and I'm usually never tra traveling with the coach. But there was a family, and the father was there, and he was supporting me. I was down, and I thought, how, how, how in the world is he believing in me? Because maybe he's betting on me. That's why he's supporting <laughs> me. But <laughs> yeah, especially in the last few years, this is is, is getting. 
too popular. So um, anyway, I was like, I was, I was focusing on him, and I and I thought, yeah, this helps me now to um, to still believe in me. And after playing two two good games, I thought, yeah, maybe one more break, and everything is possible. So this and he, this guy was there with his family and the kids, and they were cheering for me, and <laughs> and this helped me through the match. Actually, wow, that's a cool story. Yeah, I can tell you now, if we're ever watching you, we'll be cheering you on as well. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> definitely. Hopefully, when tennis comes back, we well, we're planning to go to a few events as well. So, fingers crossed. Well, Germany will probably be on the on the radar as well. There's so many events going on in Germany. That looks like the one which has started up again soonest as well. Mm-hmm. But it, and- I don't. Yeah, internationally, I don't know. And uh, I think the ATP announced that it's not going to start before the end of July. I think now. Yeah, for, the for sure. With talking about Germany, this was another place. Uh, back in 2014, you sort of went on a bit of a tear. Uh, was it three of three events in three weeks? Three wins, like amazing. And this was in, I think, it was Castle. Uh, is it? I don't know. Essen, if that's, Essen and Trier. 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 Yeah. Trier. Yeah. And in the last two of those, you didn't even drop a set for the, both of the whole tournaments, which is amazing. Yeah. And yeah, then, I played a few good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was going to say, and then yeah, after that, you came, you got to the semi-final of the next tournament as well. So to play four weeks running or something like that, and to still be at that level, would you say that this was some of the best tennis of your, like your career you were playing then? Yeah, I think there were always there were a few um, uh, period, no periods, yeah, of a few times where I played very well. Uh, for me, well, um, where I also beat some good good guys, um, but this season was very um, interesting because my friend, a good friend of mine, one of my best friends, he was um, one of my best mates. <laughs> he was <laughs> yeah. traveling with me because uh, he's a tennis coach, and it was a time of uh, holiday, uh, like a, okay. a summer holiday in Germany. Yeah. So in this time, he he doesn't give lessons. He has, yeah, he's free. And he said, instead of going for a holiday and traveling somewhere, I want to spend the time with you. And as he loves tennis so much, um, he was supporting me. And yeah, I played a few. Sounds like a great friend. Yeah, great friend. And um, he's just so into tennis that we play games, um, like those funny games where he, he sends me a screenshot of activities of a certain player. And I have to guess the player. (laughs) <laughs> because yeah, in, okay. in 1995 uh, this guy won uh cincinnati and also after that he beat somebody like you know and then i said yeah. ah, okay who could that be uh, it's <laughs> it's really funny but uh sometimes he has this knowledge about some tennis players and yeah he loves the game so much so um yes this helped me a lot uh during the, those those weeks to have to have a friend with me to travel not only with him but also to talk to him to after because a tennis match never goes uh, linear or like straight, yeah. uh, just six two six two without any breakpoints, without any, um, of course, sometimes, but very very rarely. Um, usually, there's a, there are some turning points or some points where the turn uh, the match could turn around. And if you're not there, if you're not um, if you don't feel the confidence and don't have the support from outside, um, it can change matches. Definitely. Yeah, sure. I, I was going to say, in that run that you had there when you won the three tournaments in a row, 
you actually came up and you beat one of the uh, our favourite players on the podcast in the next tournament, Attila Balaj. You you took him oh. well, took him out in three sets, which uh, well for us is well, it must have been an incredible victory to come back from a set behind against Attila Balaj and beat him. I have to applaud that because he I is... I think uh, he's, now, he's now 70th in the world or whatever. Well, yeah. He's been going for it. He's extremely good Fantastic. on clay courts. He can actually replicate on the ATP tour playing on hard as well. And it's just shown like, how far he can come. So, yeah, it's a brilliant victory, that one. Yeah. he was. Uh, it was a match where I think he came back from an injury um, or I've, I haven't seen him for a long time. And he's a kind of player who rips the forehand full with a lot of spin. He has so much touch. He can play drop shots from e- everywhere. Um, he reads the game perfectly. So um, he plays slice. So I don't know. I think also a funny story about him. I, maybe you, if you know him well, then um, you know it, that he stopped to play and he started coaching because he was not, um, he was not, motivated anymore um yeah. so he coached for a few years and then he said oh no i want to start again I, i'm i'm i feel it again and i think all it, it only took him maybe two years to come back and play the, the best tennis of his life <laughs> yeah so. i've seen that yeah it's crazy come back and then he just kicked on and played better than he's ever played before it's mm-hmm. remarkable reminded me of that michael jordan documentary i've just been watching <laughs> also, I just I just finished it uh, twenty minutes ago. Same. I literally just watched the last episode before we came on the podcast. So yeah, yeah such a great documentary. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. So at least I think we- it's the 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 most um uh, yeah the most interesting part was how um into the game or how how much uh, I don't I don't I'm, I think I'm missing the words but. Uh, this con, uh, these, uh, these. So yeah, into the game. I don't know how you, you um, this oh, inner. Yeah. Um, also the same. What um, what I was watching the the British band from Coldplay. They yeah. this Chris Martin. He also. I mean, um, he was so confident in his um, ability of writing good songs and becoming one of the best bands. Um, this is also what you need to. Um, to become one of the greatest. Yeah, yeah I, I completely agree. And sort of leading on from that, you personally, I'm hoping you believe a lot in yourself. Where, where Where's next for Petr Torovetko? Where are you going to go? Where, what's going to happen next with you? What's your aim yeah. to go? Yeah, so this is the question now. Um, the question is, do I really want to um, yeah, do everything I can to... Um, to improve my ranking, my, my 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 tennis, my game, or do I just want to travel around? So I was never the uh, most ambitious player who said I need to be number one in the world, like those guys who, like Boris, for example, um, Becker when he was playing a junior tournament in Germany, he he just stood on the table in the middle of the tournament. He stood on the table in the cafeteria and said, "I'm gonna be number one in the world one day." So, I mean, of course, maybe there are many guys or many kids who do it, but this, this means that there's so much um, drive in, in inside yeah. of him that he really, really wants it. Um, so this was never inside of me. I, of course, I'm not, uh, I, don't, I never want to lose. And if we play like those card games, I'm the worst loser. But um, in tennis, you become um, 
how do you call that um you get used to losing again yeah. because you lose every week almost uh, if you don't win a tournament so yeah at a certain point i thought of course i was not crying anymore after a loss but i was just like yeah, it's another loss and especially when you're traveling alone um you don't really know what was good now how can i build on this on even on this loss um build up on this loss i was just um, yeah okay loss uh, ne next next tournament maybe next time i'm going to be better so uh, this of course helps traveling with a coach um who analyzes your game after after the tournament and says yes of course you lost but this was good this was the, we can improve that so um you become a better player yeah definitely I, I, we spoke to Ilya marchenko on one of our last podcasts as well and he was saying sort of a similar thing as you got to the age of maybe like i think he's a similar age to you like uh, about 30 to in his in his 30s he said yeah just the pressure comes off a little bit and you can take a loss a lot better than earlier in your career you don't, it doesn't affect you you may be more financially stable as well as so you don't have that worry as much but yeah what sort of advice would you give to because i know that there's a lot of good young german talent coming through at the moment obviously we've got zverev i think he's pretty much cemented in the top half of the uh, game but then these other players who are coming through like daniel altmeyer and lewis vessels i think these are two very promising young players from germany like what would you what advice would you give to them like because they're sort of starting their journey on the atp tour so um, I think I can see differences between those players. For example, now, as you say, there's also Moleka, for example, uh, yeah, Rudolf Moleka. Yeah, um, as well. So you, you meet them and you realize immediately, okay, those guys, they really want it. Or no, this guy, he takes it however it comes. Um, mm. So this character-wise, character it's difficult to change somebody, I think. Um, maybe those players who don't have this drive, they need more guidance um, from a coach or from some, I don't know, for parents. So um, um, the advice I would give is, of course, working hard, but also being professional. So in, if you really want it, and my coach always used to say, he's also a, 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 a British guy. Um, he said, that yeah, you just believe in yourself. Of course, it's easy to to say that, but it's a, a another thing to um, to really do it and to live it. Um, then the story about Jim Carrey, who said, "Yes, I was visualizing to um, to get this this paycheck at a certain uh, age with yeah. at least a million dollars or whatever." So he really believed it. He really. Um, you can, I can, of course, I can say, yes, I believe I will be number one in the world. But do I really believe it or I just say that I believe? Yeah, so, exactly. Um, so, yes, I think if you really, um, if you're into this game, then you can achieve and you can expect. Maybe you don't have to expect, but you can achieve something. If you don't, if you just uh, pretend to, then you cannot expect anything. Yeah, no, that's very wise words. I think that's with everything in life as well. Is you need to believe in it, really. You can't just say it as well. It needs to be something a bit deeper inside of you to really follow through and then put the actions into into that. But um, sort of on that note, talking about like greatness and people who you think are brilliant, um, who do you feel like in a tennis at the moment? It doesn't have to be one of the top three, but just someone who you feel like is someone you enjoy watching, who 
is one of your favorite tennis players, would you say? At the moment? Yeah, currently, right now. Yeah, of course, I love watching Kyrgios when he does his funny things. Um, <laughs> and uh, and it's also funny to watch uh, for Fabio Fonini when he's like walking on the call and like, like a showman. It's, yeah. it's just funny. Um, um, but, and tennis-wise, yeah, I'm watching Roger. I think there's nothing more um, elegant and more my aesthetic to watch him play. Um, team is thing. I, I like to watch teams, teams game because I hear he plays. I don't know. Some a friend of mine. He said, "Yeah, everything is just how do you call it? He just worked on it, so it's just work what he does." But I think he, it's more than just work, and I think um, uh, he plays. The, I, I would play similar to him. For example, those the shots he, he makes, I was like, yes, I would also do it if if I could. You know, <laughs> I would also yeah. smack oh, yeah. back <laughs> down the line full power if I could right now. I think I'll do the um, same as well if I could. Yeah. <laughs> I think exactly. when, when we were speaking to Marchenko, he said that. He went onto the practice court and then he was playing doubles, I think. And then they managed to finish their doubles match. And the whole time that it took uh, Dominic Team to do his smashing practice, he just was hitting smashes for an hour and a half. So this his is like must have been completely <laughs> in bits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He definitely has a massive work ethic. Like it's been come out yeah. recently. A lot of negative press about him about the whole financial play and stuff. But at the end of the day, this guy definitely works hard. It seems to be harder than a lot of other professionals and you can kind of understand that when someone's with that mindset, it's difficult to sort of, I don't completely want to get into that, but like just generally, like you can tell that a lot of people are saying how hard this guy works. Yeah. yeah. I think not only him, but I think um, this is what most of the people don't understand. They believe Roger is so talented. He just needs to work uh, one hour a day or something like that. When he was that age, when he was uh, 16, 18, he was working harder than anyone else. I mean, um, also, what you read about Kobe Bryant and and those guys who are, who were the greatest, um, they were just the main um, difference between them and the, and the rest was um, was the worth et- ethic. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like the, the, when he said, "Yeah, Shaquille O'Neal would be uh, even um, would would play on another level if he worked the same amount as as I did, for example." Um, it, yeah, it, it makes sense because he just he wasn't um, ready or he wasn't he didn't want to do it um, to work so hard. But I believe everybody who is there who is playing and uh, earning millions, they uh, everybody is working or was working very hard. Um, this is what I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Agreed. Should we wrap it up there, Ben? Or are you going uh, to say? I know we're running out of time. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, I, I mean, we sort of uh, skimmed over your career and bits and pieces like that. Uh, I just wanted to just uh, ask you just a more general question. I know that you've you've played in quite a lot of places all over the world, and where would you say that would be your favourite destination, like tennis destination that you've enjoyed playing? Of course, Britain, anywhere. <laughs> Wimbledon, <laughs> other than Britain. Oh, Wimbledon, yeah, yeah, Wimbledon. <laughs> No, actually, I played these qualies in Wimbledon, in, in Wimbledon, and I was about to move into the main draw. Uh, I was playing the quali final against Ryan Sweeting, some some yeah. American. Yeah. And so I had a match point actually, uh, serving for the match, and 
Um, I surfed an ace out wide, but it was a little bit wide, but or it was a little bit deep. I don't remember. Anyway, so instead of just yelling, yeah, I won or whatever, I I was waiting for somebody to call the ball, but the linesmen weren't, weren't calling it. So I said, oh, okay, good. And then suddenly the the empire, the champion said, ah, I was out. So he overruled ah. the linesman. Oh, gosh. And then, okay, second serve. Yeah, second serve. No. I lost the circuits at this point, of course. I lost, I got the bro, I got broken. I lost the set. I lost the fifth set also. Um, so, yeah, I was like a millimeter, let's say, or maybe just a, another reaction from, from, my, from my point uh, away from, uh, from the main draw in Wimbledon. So, yes, Britain was always a good, um, good place for me. Hmm. Oh, that's, that's good to hear. Well, if you're ever back over in, in England playing anything, let us know, and then we'll be coming straight over to the tournament to watch you play again. You'll hear us, man. We'll have a few beers. We'll be there screaming your name, <laughs> cheering you on. If you're down any match points, we'll be lifting you up, taking you all for it. <laughs> yeah. so, and then obviously you need to hit the good shots as well, but I'm sure that's yeah. easy for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll get you over the line on the first, first time of asking, rather than going a few more match points. Exactly, <laughs> About the tournaments, one of the favorite tournaments I think from yeah. every player is Melbourne. Uh, playing the Australian Open is, yeah. was for me one of the best experiences in my life. Um, uh, everybody is so friendly, the, uh, the, the colors, the weather, um, yeah, everything, the food. So, and also I had some friends there. I met uh, over uh, a colleague and uh, we stayed at that place. So, uh, so we got to know also the some some habits or some culture, yeah. let's mm -hmm. say. Um, so that was a great time. I was there twice. Uh, never played well there, but um, I won a round in the qualies once. But um, it's, um, yeah, this oh. is the when, one of the best tournaments in the world, I think, I would, from my point. You're not the first person to have said that on the podcast. I think it's a very popular one for a lot of people yeah, in yeah, Melbourne, sure. Australia. So, yeah. Everyone always says about how friendly the people are there as well. Yeah. So it's a big thing. Yeah. yeah. But on that note, yeah, we're running out of time. I think we're going to have to just wrap up this uh, this call, uh, unfortunately, before it cuts us cuts us all off. But yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Yeah, you don't know how much uh, it means to me and Jaron. But uh, yeah, just thanks so much, and we just look forward to seeing you playing again very soon. Yes, thanks a lot for having me, and yeah, let's let's see and uh, whenever we can start again to play. So stay so healthy and yeah, see yeah, you, you too, man. Thanks. Definitely. <laughs> Thanks Can't wait to see you, man. Cheers, man. Thanks. Cheers. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.